Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe or every listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram threads and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk and on Twitter slash X at BlockTalkNYC for all the latest news, reviews, and interviews. Brooklyn Heights, this is your life, the musical. The queens were tasked to take on the hostess in various stages of her life through the beauty of musical theater. So whose opening night will be their last? It's time to talk all things Canada's Drag Race 4. And here with me to do so is Detox Bustier. Hello. Hello. Happy New Year. Happy Woo. New Year. Um, Can we just call Crave right now and say... Why the fuck did you not start your season sooner so it could have ended within 2023 so I could feel like I'm ending my year? Because I don't end my year until I do my end of the year awards, and I can't do that if the season's still airing. Oh, wow. They were like, you know, I think they did it specifically for you. They were like, you know what? We want to fuck with Blanca. Honestly, honestly, the things that I've said on this podcast about Canada's Drag Race, especially when it comes to bottom placements, uh, they might have been listening to me, which is why the Golden Beaver exists. So they might have said, fuck you, Michael. I'm not going to let you have your end of the year awards until the middle of January. Absolutely. And I feel like that's, you oh, know, that's when I feel like everything just resets because that's when the U.S. resets in January. So they were yeah. like, you know, only the American one really care about. Yeah. No such thing as a week off from Drag Race. No, no, no. As always, I must leave a disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We discuss reality TV show characters as a reality production. We show the editing of a television show. Wants to see we react as well as presenting yesterday. You don't have to tell them to see the graph with these muscles. But so that's what's discussed. Present the podcast from entertainment to discuss reality TV show. Um, so you came on for the preview podcast. We talked about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about people you knew, predictions on how they would do, feelings on certain contestants. Um, I don't think any of us who spoke on that preview podcast had any idea that we would be living in a time where RuPaul is no longer mother. We call Melinda Berga mother. What the fuck happened? How did we get here? You know what? It's crazy. You know, I think in the beginning I said it, I was like, at first I wasn't a big fan, but she had a great personality and I felt like that personality just like carried over. And I think that we we're all loving her personality. Like, we could, yes, her drag isn't the best in terms of makeup, outfits, but her personality is freaking amazing. It's almost like the reverse of Alyssa Edwards. Crazy, <laughs> but bad at drag. You know, I don't think she's that bad. I don't want to say, you know, I'm not going to say she's bad at drag. I think there's just like a few refined touches that's needed. Sure, that's true. Yeah, because like I think she's gotten better. Like I, fo- I started following her on like social media, and I'm like, okay, I can see your makeup isn't the, so bad, but she's a great performer, though. We can't lie, she's a great performer. Well, we're gonna I talk think. about her performance. Let's do it. Two, two, two sissies out. Amy and Kitten are gone, and Denim claims she is sad to see them go, calling them the heart of the competition. Baby, they may have heart, but the face belongs to Melodverga. But we'll get to her as always. Don't worry. Nero will confessionalize in eulogy form Amy 
as she says they brought to the drama this season and can't wait to see her again. I hope it's in a boxing ring. I'm not a fan of Nera. Tell me about Amy, because obviously we're not going to get to discuss her performance in the show because mm-hmm. she's gone, but you had a connection with her. Tell me how you felt watching Miss Amy on, say, Chanel. Um, you know, I have to say, I did enjoy seeing Amy put her talent out there. I think, like I said in the first episode that we did, she's very talented. She's very, very passionate. Um, I know in the in the lip sync SmackDown or whatever they called it, she layoff lip sync layoff. She didn't do so great, but I think I just enjoyed seeing her, seeing her talent. And again, I know how passionate she was, and we all saw how passionate she was. Sure, and grateful she was for being there. Um, and I, I enjoy it. I think she had a nice, decent run. I wasn't expecting her to win because I, I could tell that she would have had some challenges along the way, but I enjoyed seeing her. Now, you mentioned not liking near enough. You are not alone. There are other people out there who are not necessarily the biggest fans of Nira uh, as they feel the character they're seeing on camera. Uh, not that savory, not the nightest, a little bratty. Obviously, last week, for those who listened, I had Nira's sister, Tana, on as my guest. And someone who's very close to her said, she's very sarcastic. It's just not reading on camera. Mm-hmm. You have a connection with Amy. Do you feel like perhaps your connection to her is why you have a feeling toward Nira? Um, I would disagree. Because okay. one thing I could say, um, Nira, she's a great performer, as we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's she comes off as very bitchy, like super bitchy. And I get it, drag queens, we're bitches, we can be shady, but I feel like because she might have that sarcastic personality, whatever she says, thing it doesn't come off as like light, fun, shade, it just comes off as like straight bitch. Um, right. so I don't think it's necessarily because I have a connection to Amy why i'm feeling that way because even like up until this episode i was like yeah she's kind of still a bitch amy's not there anymore so that would have been the conflict i i think part of her problem is delivery when you want to be comedic you have to have the right delivery Uh bianca del rio is very dry she's very sarcastic but she's able to make a joke and delivery where you know it's a joke nira's not that way she doesn't have that same when it comes to making a funny um and i think it takes time and it also takes a little bit of reflection but Mm -hmm. we unfortunately live in a drag race fandom where you can praise a bitch for being a bitch and they will only listen to that critique yeah yeah but i must say and i don't know if we're jumping ahead but someone at wow presents or the rupaul fandom loves her because I'm not sure if you saw, I think she's like the only Canadian drag race queen from this season that's going to be performed at the main stage on um, RuPaul's DragCon UK. Have you seen that? Um, I'm not sure if the others are. I'm not, I've personally not taken a look because I don't get to go this year because I can't afford it. So I'm like, I don't want to look. Though I will be submitting questions for Bring Back My Girls again. So let's see if those get into yeah. the, the coffee again. Um, but I, I did see that she is performing. I'm not sure if the others opted out of it or, or because for those who go to DragCon, it is a 
beautiful mess of chaos. And there, there are just some queens who don't want to do the performance simply because one, they don't want to do it. And two, because it takes away from their lines and fans. Um, it might be a situation. I don't know if she's in a booth with other people. She might just have been like, ah, fuck it. I want to go perform in, in, in London. I don't know. Uh, because I think there's like 175 queens going to be there. And I think don't think you can have 175 performers, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I'm saying, you know, they must like, she's a great performer. We want now her. you say that. You say that someone at WoW loves her. But we're going to talk about something that happens in this episode where they said, oh, no, no. We do not love you. We're going to make... You, you look like you're a fool, but we'll get there. We will get mm-hmm. there. Now, Kitten. Kitten doesn't get any special coverage, which is sad. Uh, that is how the game works. But I really, really do believe Kitten Caboodle has been fucked over by this lip sync slayout the most. Absolutely. She would have gone to the end any other way. Yep, absolutely. Like, I was watching it and I was like, she's a, she's, I think she's well-rounded. Like, she's very talented, well-rounded. Um, I guess I I grant like she can perform as up to speed as the other girls. Well, she's also like fifty two. Yeah, no, I I, was, I want to be like a little bit younger, but yeah. So I wouldn't expect her to keep up with some of those dance moves. But when it came to like the acting, the comedy, um, sewing, she had it, and I felt like very you know, very talented. This is one of those things where it's like okay, drag race is ageist. Well, they are the top six. Melinda will call out the magic that Aurora and Nira did in the finale lip sync. Nira is feeling like she is now a really big contender in the competition, but she knows she is fucked if there is another design challenge. (laughs) Isn't it wild how one season we had three design challenges? This season, we've had one and possibly only one based on what the next challenge is. Uh, Wild how this game works. Yeah. But you know what it is? I think also when they were casting, and I'm again, I'm I'm just assuming they weren't casting designers; they were just casting young performers. Of course, think, yeah. As we can see, Drag Race nowadays, especially when you cast the younger queens, often they do not know how to sew, they do not know how to give deliver comedy, but they're great performers because that's all they do is perform. And I think that the, it's kind of showing in this season. Denim is reminded she got the final Golden Beaver. Do you think it should have remained through this week as there were, in fact, three bottoms? I I do think so. I I, I agree. Yeah, I absolutely think so. Melinda will help us non-Canadians learn about geography as it's an Alberta win back-to-back, meaning Edmonton and Calgary are both cities found in the prairies of Alberta. And there is your lesson on Canada. You're welcome. I knew that, but I don't think everybody else knew that. So thank you for instructing us on Canada. Yeah, it went over my head. I was like, oh, okay, Alberta. Woo, Calgary. Now, Venus will keep it real, but maybe a little too real for someone. Five of them have a win, and Denim is still struggling to find hers. Usually at this point, there is someone who is leading the pack. At this moment, it's fairly even. Do you prefer a season where it's anyone's game, or do you like to know who really has a clear shot at the crown? Um, I think I like to know where... I, I like when it's like anyone has a clear shot, because it keeps me on the edge of like, oh my god, who's going to get it? Who's going to get it? Obviously, sure. you know, favorites. But I think it makes the competition more fun and less predictable when it's like, okay, we could clearly tell who's going to win. Hashtag Sophia Crystal or Sasha... Um, 
Listen, the season has not begun. We don't know anything about how Mother Safira is going to do. Are we biased on this current podcast right now? Yes, we are. We are very much team with Safira. Um, As I've told the story many, many times, Safira Crystal is the first person who ever gave me a weed gummy and got me stoned out of my motherfucking mind. So I have a very dear place in my heart for that one. It was at at therapy. Imagine being at therapy on a weed gummy and never having had one in your entire life. And that bitch laughing at you because she's like, (laughs) yeah, you're going to have fun tonight. Did you have fun though? I did. Did me and Safira try to make a business plan while we were high off her acid therapy on a, I think it was like a Sunday night. Yeah, we did. Did anything come of it? No, no. (laughs) Clearly it didn't work for business purposes, but anyway, anyway, we'll talk about Safira a lot, friends. Don't you worry. Don't you, don't you worry. Denim is feeling the pressure to be the only one without a win. She will fight and put her everything into the challenges. She says she is going to snatch the crown and walk out with $100,000. Let us see if that will happen. But for now, it's a love bug plus Kiki and Melinda pile on on the couch. And Venus has to abort because the rocket has taken lifts off. Now, I don't know if she had an erection or not, but she was aroused. Um... You know, I really don't get why she doesn't talk. But I think every time I'm watching the episode, I'm like, is, 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 can I see it? Can okay, see it? this might be a shock to most listeners or the motherfuckers who want to drag me. I don't look. I know I'm shocking everybody there. I just, it doesn't matter to me. I don't pay attention to it. I'm not looking to see if she's tucked or untucked. For me, it doesn't matter. All I'm looking at is a garment. Well, this may be a shock. I look. I yeah, am like, can we see it? But you know, drag is for everyone. Hey, drag is for everyone. Drag in their own way now. So you know, some people the are Rupal, The Rupal may not appreciate um, the no tucking. Maybe Michelle as well. But for right now, Venus is not going to be hanging out with them anytime soon. <laughs> it is a new day in the workroom, but an old day in Venus's body. Girl, fuck you. Try being me. It's pain, pain, never go away. You're like twelve years old, and I'm old. How dare she say she's got pain? Right? Now, let me ask. As a drag artist, Mm -hmm. doing one to three lip syncs in a day, does that really make you sore? Or do these girls just lack the stamina to be a New York City diva? Um, You know, I'm not going to lie. It depends. Because as a drag artist, if I go out one night, I think now that I'm getting older, because, you know, I'm a 19-year-old girly. But I think it takes a toll on your body if you are in heels and you've been in it for a long time. And we know when they're filming Drag Race, it's not something that's like film in like an hour. So who knows how long she may have been in her heels and it could take a toll on your body like the next day. So She only did two songs. But it could have been that she was in drag all day. That's fair. Fine, fine. Yeah. Nira reminds the girls that the twists and turns have twisted and turned it, and now they're back to the regular judging, no more relying on the beaver. Do you think this alleviates the pressure the girls were previously under with the golden beaver twist intact? Um, I think it released the pressure of them wanting to make alliances and make friends. Mm-hmm. Because I think when you have something like the golden beaver, you have to be really mindful of not getting into arguments or trying to make nice with everyone because you never know who's going to win and you never know if you may be in a bottom and you sure. may want 
to be like, hey, girl, save me. We're best friends. Woo. Because obviously that's what happened last week. It's true. The alarm sounds and Rue has a message directly for Brooklyn. And she says that if losing is the new winning, there's still time to flop your way to the top. And if you don't believe her, just ask Brooklyn. And speaking of the devil, Miss Brooklyn has on this green number into the workroom. And I was like, did you just come from the season 16 promo shoot? <laughs> she definitely got the memo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about that season 16 promo shoot. I still um, have PTSD. Yeah. I'm hoping. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. For this week's mini challenge, Brooklyn is looking for some smooth operators. Brought to us by their friends at Trojan, the Queens will host a late night call in show called Just a Tip, where they will take caller questions about sex and relationships. They have to be informative, approachable, and entertaining. How are you at giving sex tips? Um, you know, being the good Christian that I am, um, I believe in abstinence, so I wouldn't be good at it at all. Naturally, I'm just kidding. I think I'm good at improv. I would say because <laughs> as a New York drag queen, you have to be like really quick on your feet. Yeah. So I think I, I would have done like really well, but still being a Christian woman that I am, I would be terrible. I don't give sex advice because I don't have sex because no one loves me. It's really fucking miserable. I watch a lot of sex. Does that count? Listen, if that's the case, I still probably wouldn't be good at it. <laughs> I don't know how things work. Never mind, I'm kidding. All right, time to get into TV house. Quick drag, 20 minutes, go. Now, one of the queens says that their makeup looks like they just came back from a hookup. It's Miss Venus who will say that if she can douche in five minutes, she can do anything. Is that the new like New York slogan? If I can make it there, I can make it anywhere. If I can douche in five minutes, I can do anything. Do we need that on a t-shirt? I think we do, but I just don't believe it because I'm like, girl, if you douche in five minutes, I think you may have a little chocolate there later. Yep. All right. We will see just a tip play out in chronological order and in montage form. So we will discuss it as we see it. Belinda is looking really 80s news reporter, a trend we will see from her. And she has never worked with a teleprompter before. She is reminded that this is a sex and relationship call-in show and that there are two cameras and the teleprompter will prompt her which camera to look down the barrel of. That's a thing not a lot of these queens know how to do. Yeah, I, I think that's I would have been messed up there because I try I've tried doing teleprompter stuff, even like on YouTube. And, like, I just get so tongue-tied. Melinda starts off as they all will read the copy of the intro. And Venus looks great, as always. Uh, I just hate that she's effortlessly beautiful. It's also, you know what it is? I think she has a pretty face. Yeah. So she doesn't really, and she doesn't always wear a lot of makeup either. No, she doesn't. Yeah, no, so it just doesn't. looks, hey, pretty boy in drag. Nira's really got the boobs out and proud in cheetah print, um, but that bob was a boot. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Speaking of Nira, now I don't know if she doesn't know how television works or she hasn't been paying attention to the behind the scenes during the television show she's been filming, but she is reading the teleprompter and does not quite grasp the line and the lines are now open. Comedy gold. Like she can't be that dumb, right? Um, yes. <laughs> also, Denim thinks she has to pick up a phone. The kids of this generation, they have no idea. Do you remember back in the 90s when we would be up past 11 p.m. watching certain channels 
and you would have like the love line uh, commercials like, call me now and you have all the sexy operators were you ever tempted to call in um i'm not gonna lie i think i was i still was but i was always i think i did once and there were like charges on my phone bill and my mom was like and i was uh, like oh, oh. no it may have been something and i was like it wasn't me but i i definitely was tempted at one time Aurora will get to chat with the first caller, and she looks fabulous. The caller says that sometimes they get too excited in the bedroom and things finish a little early. How does Teddy stop his rocket from launching too quickly? Well, Venus will tell him to slow their roll, as it's all about slow burn, as it's not a lip sync for your life. She says, walk on the edge, and right before that rocket is about to launch, just pull back and take a sip of water. It was funny. Okay, okay. Nira tells him to think of your grandfather naked, and I'm pretty sure that would just ruin the moment completely. Yeah. Oh. oh. Denim will advise that maybe suck on each other's toes. Meanwhile, Melinda says, when in doubt, rub one out. Masturbate before you go on your date. Surely that's not the answer she gave to that question, because why would you... Finish yourself if you're in the middle of what? Yeah, that didn't make sense. But All right. you know, I feel like Denim does not engage in a lot of sex. Maybe, maybe. Adults. I'm like, that or maybe like she likes girl. feet. I don't know. I, I'm not going to yick anyone's yum, but I, feet is a thing people like. Absolutely. Well, looks like our next caller is on the line. And it looks like Venus can't figure out what camera to look like. Uh, that tur head turn was just so perfect. She's like, oh. <laughs> now let's meet our next caller. And the show did them all dirty. And I lived. The caller's name is spelled out. S-I-O-B-H-A-N. Do you know how to pronounce the name? Because these bitches were lost. <laughs> um, No. All right. Like, literally, I think this is why I would have fucked up too. We had Sioben, we had Shoban, we had Soybon. It is Siobhan. It is an Irish name. So the BH turns to a V. It's Siobhan. I would have never got that. I, I literally, I'm just like looking at it now on my TV and I'm like, what's that? Siobhan. Hell that? Yeah, it's Siobhan. Yeah, I would have never got that. Well, Siobhan's question is she is about to leave on a trip down south and plans to have a lot of sex. What can she do to protect herself from an STI? Well, Kiki, who's got the weirdest fucking look on in the world, but clearly paying, paying homage to Vivian Westwood, says protecting yourself is always number one priority and condoms are their friends. Spread love, not STD, honey. Of course they had to give that answer because this is a challenge by Trojan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what is Kiki has done um other campaigns about safer sex. So when she mm -hmm. gave that answer, I was like, girl, didn't you say that in one of your campaigns like before prior to the <laughs> driver? But that was expected from her. Now, this is going to lead into a segment the show forced the girls to break the sex advice their grandmother gave them. For Aurora, she said that to have good sex, you just have to smile through it. Okay. For Venus, it was just do it. And I think that's what um, Nike said as well. But thanks, Grandma Cunt. Now it's time for Harold's spicy question, which gets Kiki to need water before it's asked. And then she actually learns that it was water, but she really wanted coffee and she was just lost. Yeah, she was, she was, lost. she was just like tripping up. She was like, oh. 
The question from Harold is he's wondering if it's safe to hit for his sugar daddy to put hot sauce in his bussy. Who came up with that? Who got paid to make drag queens say that? Um, I don't know. I feel like that word, it really tickles me whenever I hear it. Um, I don't know, but that word really tickles me. Denim will break at the stupidity and she will recover and says that she doesn't know if it's the smartest choice as she has IBS and putting hot sauce in her tummy makes her bussy feel not correct. That was such a denim response. Kiki says, if that's your tea, fucking drink it. And then forgets the caller's name. And finally, our next caller says that he has never bottomed before and asks if it will make him less any less of a man. Melinda says the answer is no. Bottom or top, why does it matter? Have fun with it. Aurora says that bottoming is for everyone. Man, woman, non-binary, trans. And Nero will say bottom is not a demanualizing thing. I love that we're just making words up on Canada's Drag Race. Mm-hmm. Which we all do, That's because that's, that's how words are invented. Yeah, just absolutely. The alarm sounds. That's time for the hot tip of the day. They are going to share their number one sex position they have never heard of. Kiki says it's chicken position where you spread your wings, spread your legs, everything. Just ride that dick like you're laying eggs. Are you going to try that one out? Um, I'm a Christian, like you said, so I won't. Oh, of course, of course. So she did mention that her and her partner have sex every day, which... We will, we're going to definitely talk about that because... um. I have feelings on that. <laughs> Venus is just going to spread the legs on the table while Denim will be ass out on the table. And that's time to wrap up. Literally, as Nira says, lead with your tits, not your heart. What a crazy wild little game this was. It was. It was a very educational segment. Funny, but informative. The winner of the challenge is Venus. And what does she win? $2,000 and $500 worth of pleasure products, courtesy of Trojan. She says she'll use it up in a week. Meanwhile, no one loves me. Wow. Maybe you should um, try to get a tip from her. Yeah. And literally just a tip. Honestly... I'm a top. Anyway, for this week's Maxi Challenge, five them will lose, and Brooklyn is living proof that a queen can turn a major loss into a major yas. They will tell her tale from rags to riches. The unauthorized Brooklyn Heights musical spectacular. They will each play Brooklyn at an illustrious time at her life. They will then meet with the incomparable Hollywood J to learn choreo. Oh, and there is no drama when it comes to power for Venus. They will have to divvy up the roles themselves. Boring. I love when they divvy up the role to themselves because you really see who's like catty and who's going to be like the bitch and standing up for a role. Especially if you stand up for a role and you get it and you don't do so well, then you're, you're lost. Now, this is the time in the podcast where I will ask you a question and you may or may not be about to break my heart. Are you a musical theater girly? I love Broadway. It's the oh, best no. music. You know what it is? I was never originally like a Broadway queen because like when I grew up, I didn't grow up in this like Broadway sensational thing. Um, so I wouldn't say I'm a musical theater type of queen but I do enjoy some musicals. Okay, fine. I'll take that answer. It's okay. It's all right. You know what? Anyone who comes on the podcast for a musical has to love musical theater. So I think you're like the fourth row who's come up for the musical. They're like, I don't like theater. It's like, fuck. Because then all my jokes just don't make sense. 
No, but it's it's not that I don't like it. It's just that it was never my style, but I enjoy the performance and the theatrics of it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The Queens snag their scripts and they have feelings right off the bat. Song one is Young Brooklyn in the style of musical theater. That is Melinda's first choice as she wants to be the ingenue. Who else wants this as their first choice? Well, we have arms up for Denim and Europe. Denim says it's a very campy, whimsical kind of performance and she feels like it makes sense to her. Melinda will suggest that they have an audition off. I don't know what that means, but we'll just go with audition off. Melinda, you can pick either audition or like a sing off or what roll off, whatever dance off, whatever you want to go with, but not audition off. That sounds weird. But I feel like that's just for her mind. It's as we could tell, Melinda, she is just like kooky kooky. And I, yeah. I love it. That's what I said audition off. Melinda is going all in to be the oldest queen playing the youngest role. It is very camp to watch. Now, Nira is not putting a lot of energy into it, as she says, quite frankly, she can do anything. Ah, yes, the brat is back. What do you think of this persona that Nira is presenting on the show? Do you think it is um, her just being that confident in herself? Or do you think she's trying to make up for something else? You know what it is? I think she's just being confident that she can perform. And I feel like the sh- because that role was so like high camp, I don't think Nero could have been able to deliver it. No, but she would have gone. She would have been home. Yeah, she would have been gone. But we know that she can perform and dance. Yes, I think that's why she just settled on a dance role. Melinda is taking it so seriously, and she has been cast as the role she was given because she was given the give. Song number two is the Sugar Bum Fairy Ballet. Brooklyn is a ballerina with impeccable technique, and this number has challenging choreography. Aurora will take it. She knows it's a risk and knows it can be really good if she stands out and gets the job done, but that means it could also go really badly. Now, Venus would like to take on Madame Butterface's Lambent, as Venus calls it. I believe the word you were looking for, Venus, was Lament. Was this a theater reference? No, lament's just a word when, like, it's, it's, it's a word. That's okay. It's fine. She wants opera and will try to pass of the Do You Want More show cabaret over to Kiki. Kiki is drawn more to the opera as it's overdramatic and theatrical, but says that's her, but she knows that the cabaret will challenge her more to step out of her comfort zone. Do you think with only six queens left, it's better to be safe than sorry? This is, this is one of those things that I'm 50-50 on. However, if I know that I have a strength in one area of like doing something like opera, I'm not going to like play games because like now they're down to like the final, final leg, but not mm-hmm. the final leg, but like the final stretch this is not the time to play safe. I think early in the competition, you can play a little bit more safe. Sure. I mean, a little bit more risky, but now you have to go with your strengths and like show your talent. So it also- will be decided that Venus and Kiki want to switch it up. So Venus will be the opera. Cabaret goes to Kiki. You were saying. Yeah. I think she should have just, she should have fought harder for that opera role. Next, we have Brooklyn on Drag Race in the style of pop star. It's also challenging choreography, and Denim says she is absolutely not doing that one. Oh, and we learn that the song is called I'm Gonna Win Drag Race. Sounds like a cursed song to me. Mm -hmm. Everyone is looking at Nira as they think she can do it. She is buttered up, 
by Venus as they call her the lip sync assassin of the season. Nira says, let's fucking do it to the highest choreographed number. The confidence this one has. If I even had an ounce of that, I would be one of the most powerful people on the planet. She's confident she could perform. What's wrong with being confident? Oh, which is funny because the song she's going to perform is by the same artist, but shh, we'll get to it. Mm-hmm. Full circle for a second. All right, by process of elimination, that leaves Denim as Brooklyn, the judge in the style of gospel. And this is where I would be like, okay, fuck it. Kiki, switch with me. But she will try to pander to Melinda, who we know is not going to give that shit up. She says she will make it work, and thus they have their cast. Why? Why did Denim settle? Because we're going to hear her talk about this, that she chose this part. It was done for her. Uh Now, knowing how we saw it presented, obviously we knew that Melinda was stuck in her ways. Why didn't she fight with someone like Venus or or Kiki and say those parts would be better suited to me? I think you can do it better here. I think, but didn't earlier on, um, she said that she's not confrontational, and I think this hinted to it because she. I remember she said that like she wasn't confrontational. Are you going to be confrontational when you lose a hundred thousand dollars? <laughs> Absolutely. Also, just I mean, maybe it's a me thing, but I don't know. Having the the tiny white girl do gospel is just maybe that was a writing choice that shouldn't have happened mm-hmm. but then who else would have done it Listen, it would have been fucking campy if melinda did it but i think honestly this is what i want i want melinda to do all six of these roles in a one woman show that would have been oh my god i'm gonna be like oh, melinda, can you do this <laughs> No, because I feel like she would have done great at any of those roles. She would have she would have melinded her way through it. All right, I gotta ask you this question. I ask it every time someone's on when we have a role selection. What role would you have wanted to play? Um, I think I would have wanted maybe the opera role uh-huh. or Melinda's role. Sure. Yeah. Now after doing their vocal warm-ups, it's time to get their feelings out. Kiki likes her part as she says the cabaret is Brooklyn when she started doing drag, a.k.a. busted makeup. And then the editors are going to do her dirty as the next line is, I can relate to this. Shady. Mm -hmm. Now, because we know this is, in fact, Kiki's last stand, we will learn a bit of her backstory where she shares that she borrowed a skirt and a bra from a friend and accompanied photo that they showed us is a gag. Uh, We all know that girl. We know that girl in $20 busted heels. Mm Mm-hmm. Most of them appear at pieces on Monday nights, but. Yeah, I remember my photos of when I first started. They were not good. Are they archived or can people find them? Um, People could find them, but I've started to like remove them from the Internet for the most part. But some of them are like out in the Internet where I can't remove them. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, Does Honey Davenport have an entire um, family scrapbook of your photos? Um, she might not, but I definitely have one of hers. <laughs> I, I have, you know, like I have photos from when we were at the old Boots and Saddles. Oh, where rest in peace. It was, it, it was something. It oh, was something. yeah. I also have, I have photos of Yuha as well from that time. 
like I have the art. I have photos a little later on of Safira. Oh. I can't wait to bust those out. Oh my god! <laughs> Listen, I have one photo from when she was doing a show of pieces on Saturday with Heidi Ho. I was sitting there and I was like, Safira, are you wearing twelve different hip pads? What is happening? Why are they so big? What is happening with your body? Well, she's also a mother, so I don't care. She's she can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. All right. The source material is in the room, as she says, salute showstoppers. First to join Brooklyn are Melinda and Aurora, who will synchronize dance their way over to the table. Melinda will reveal that she will be playing I Don't Want, I Don't Know What I'll Be Famous For Yet, but really look at that baby Brooklyn photo. That was so cute. Baby Brooklyn, so adorable. Brooklyn didn't think Melinda would pick this role as she never ceases to surprise her, but she wants to know what she will bring to this role. And Melinda will say high energy and she intends to bring a little more of that dance technique she actually has. Peep that statement later on because whoever gave her that instruction needs to be fired. Aurora is a professional dancer, Sugarbum Fairy Brooklyn. She knows that she has a theater background, but does she have any ballet training? A bomb is about to drop as Aurora will reveal that she has never taken a dance class before. She learned through taking choreography and whatever is given to her. Now, I have seen you bust some moves on stage before. Are you a classically trained dancer or do you learn through choreo? Um, I learned through choreo and watching Beyonce, the Pussycat Dogs on YouTube and like trying to do those moves myself. So I wasn't surprised when she said that because I think that's how a lot of queens do well most of new york queens now are all people who couldn't make it in the musical theater world (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna make a quick statement on that you're right but at the same time it's a lot of theater queens who barely even got to new york and said i'm gonna be a drag queen at the same time look where they are drag race season 16 love you plasma i was like who's that Ah, we love plasma on this podcast oh my god one of my absolute favorite recap guests i can't wait to read her like she read the people on the podcast oh my vicious i love her so much she's gonna be fun tv brooklyn reminds aurora that ballet is all about the line and you never want to have a flexed foot but be long and lyrical while also being sensual and stupid those seem contradictory to me yeah, because okay. I don't think it's Bally is being stupid. I don't think so either. Yeah. Next is Kiki and Nira, where Kiki tells Brooklyn that she picked Cabaret so she can show her fun and camp. Brooklyn knows that Kiki is very mother, but tells her it's an opportunity to show young, fresh, and excitement. excitement. Pressure for her as she has been in the bottom three times. She is a fighter and works good under pressure. Now, what kind of performer would you say Kiki is? If you're going to go see a Kiki show, what kind of numbers are, are we going to watch from her? I think her her performance is still like old school type songs. Like she loves sure. Whitney. Um, mm-hmm. so she's she, she's definitely not the younger type, but she can do it. I would say, but she's definitely an old school vibe. That's fair. That is fair. Nira is the pop star and feels typecast for this, based on what she was able to do last week. How did she land this role? Well, she says others wanted other things. Were there disagreements? Not really, but Nira's just gonna nod her head. Wasn't battles. Why is she try why is she throwing these girls under the bus? Yeah. And I'm like, girl, you tried you didn't fight for the first role. You just you wanted it and you didn't audition off for it. 
Exactly. Brooklyn tells her it will be a challenge for her as she lip syncs so much previously, and now she has to switch it up and show a different side. Nira says she will shine and then follows it up with she doesn't know what she will do, but she'll fucking do it. Great. Finally, it's yeah. Venus and Denim joining the table. Denim will be like, she chose the self-proclaimed queen of the North, but we all know there was no choosing in any way, shape, or form. She was stuck with that part. She's in the finale and there's a lot of pressure. Denim believes that this will be an opportunity for her to show a different side of herself. And Brooklyn tells her it's all about the confidence and power as gospel is over the top and joyful. Dare I say, joyful, joyful. I had to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, have you ever performed that song? Um, yes. And when I say yes, I mean I've been at the Ritz um, when they've done it, and then they're like, "Okay, all the drag queens, come on, let's all do it now." Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Brooklyn tells her that the goal is to get them on their feet and clapping along, and Denim's like, "Oh fuck." Denim hasn't shown the judges enough confidence, but she wants to exude out of that she wants to be fun venus is doing opera oh the drama and oh that photo that accompanied the reveal why of all the photos of brooklyn in her tenure on drag race is that the photograph they used they were like you know what brooklyn we're gonna fucking get you and shade you down Brooklyn tells Venus that she is very emotive with her face and that she went to the Kendall Gender School of Facial Lip Syncing Choreography. She will caution her with it as she warns her that it is sometimes getting to be a lot. She tells her she can still emote without swallowing the microphone. She tells her to learn how to tone it back a little bit and give levels. A parking bar can go really good or really bad. Now, obviously, we didn't really hear a lot of Venus and Kendall connection this season, which I'm happy about because I think for me personally, as much as I love Kendall, it did allow Venus to stand on her own. Are you oh, are you happy when we don't have over the top references of that's my drag family member? Um, no, because if I ever got on Drag Race, I'll be like, oh my god, honey's my drag mother. No, you know it's good, Who? When, honey. Who? I'm kidding. I was like, Sapira, get him! No, um, are you kidding me? I helped that bitch get ready. I was part of that team, honey. Still traumatized. Well, you know, yeah, I don't mind it because, you know, sometimes it's good when you talk about your drag family that has gotten to you, that has helped to get you to that point. And it's also another way to just, like, you know, keep them relevant. It's true. Venus is really feeling the pressure, but she likes that feeling. She has more drive to knock it out of the park. Now, before she leaves, Brooklyn will reveal that on the runway category is always a bridesmaid. Oh, and we have the Countess to count their blessings as joining them on the judging panel as real housewife icon Luanne DeLespis. Lus, lus, I don't know how to say her fucking name, and I don't care. Sorry, real housewives fans. I'm not a fan of the Countess. Are you? No, I, I wasn't a fan. I'm like, which no. one is she on? New York. No, she was. Mm. We hit the main stage where Hollywood Jade is waiting for them and bringing inches, inches, inches. He said, long hair, don't care. I enjoyed him. He's fun. It's time to dance as Hollywood Jade is there with his assistant, Jesse. Aurora is in her ballet shoe and is on point, so they will start with her. She knows that if she does not give clean ballet dance moves, she could be in the bottom. 
We learned from Hollywood J that about some dramaturgical information regarding Brooklyn and her ballet years. Allegedly, she was a little loosey-goosey in those days, so he is bringing in some accoutrements, so let's bring on the men. We've got some sexy dancers, and the girls are like cats in heat. As they would be after not seeing men like that in like a while. Also, Kendall's Drag Race, they don't have a pit crew. No. No. I don't know what happens. I honestly, like, if I had more time to analyze all the shows in a better way, and I'd be like, okay, who has a pit crew and who has random people that pop out when they need someone to play the role of pit crew? Yeah. It's very strange. Very strange. Mm-hmm. Now, how is Aurora being lifted? Well, she says, please do it, and we will watch her just lift up like she's a cute little delicate leaf. Does she weigh anything? Nothing. Zero Nothing. pounds. And then she will get to straddle Eduardo and then get flipped. Mm. And I'm not going to lie, that was hot. It was. When that I was saw hot. it, I was like, especially before they did it, when in drag, I was just like, oh. I I don't know if what we saw in rehearsal was the first time she did it or the 10th time she did it, but either way, I was like, ooh, yeah, yeah daddy. That, that sounds fun. <laughs> Next up is Melinda, who is... Their musical theater queen, and she too will be told of the ballet element. And let's be real, in her mind, she was like, Oh, fuck. Melinda is not great with timing. She is not giving the out and in properly. Jesse will give her the count, and she just can't find the rhythm. I mean, for an untrained dancer, I understand the struggle for the intricacies of this dance, but alas, she says she was trained, so that's on you, girl. Remember in one of the earlier episodes, she was like, watch out, Hollywood J, I'm coming for you. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh, yeah, yeah. well. Not, not coming. Mm-mm. All right, time to move into our cabaret era. Kiki is going to do Fosse. Can I ask you, do you watch with the captions on? Um, Sometimes. Okay. Well, whoever did the captions for this episode... Clearly, it's not a homosexual, as they added the letter Y to Fosse, and I was fuming. How dare you? After episode two of season 12, we should all know who Bob Fosse is. Well, maybe whoever did it was Canadian, so. Maybe, because I'm not kidding you. Anytime the word Fosse was said, it had a Y to it. I was like, "Uh uh-uh, no, 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 no. Well, this dance is all about the lines and pictures with the body. So to help her, Hollywood Jade is going to handicap her and give her a prop. And the cane is not going to be able for her. That was a really yeah. bad joke. That was a stretch. Get it, cane and able. I did. Yeah, thank you. I think you said it. Kiki is looking like she is in day one of Mary Poppins rehearsals. She is not stepping in time. Props can be tricky. It's not effortless. And jazz hands are nowhere to be seen. I would have said, can I just do jazz hands instead of the cane? That sounds like more my jam. Yeah. I feel like the cane definitely, it seemed like it's something, it was a crutch that got in the way. Yeah. Nira gets to be Drag Race Brooklyn, and they will be showcasing one of the most iconic Brooklyn runway moments, as well as leaning directly into the lip sync moment she had with Miss Evie Oddly. So yeah, if you wanted to feel original, but the choreography was lifted from that moment, don't blame the queen, blame the production. 
Nier is doing well. Not that we should be surprised. Mm-hmm. Is she the one to beat this week? Well, she thinks so. She will tell Hollywood J that she feels really good as it was noted as a hard choreography thing and it's not as hard as she thought it would be. And she thinks she's being the baddest bitch and Hollywood Jade is like, great. Show me that. Give it all to me. Physically, you're giving and doing, but the face is not. And I was like... I know. When he said that, I was like, ooh. But she had a great comeback, though. She was and then like, she's going to blame the Botox, to which I, I question. Like, I question. I, how far in advance do we need to let the Botox sell in before going on the race? Um, I feel like the Botox is for like the All-Stars. So um, don't do Botox the day before you leave. No. No. But no. you know, I was like wonder, like, do the girls get to like tap up on their Botox? Because could you wait, could you imagine if there's an on staff Botox person? Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure we're like Botox we're like I've never had Botox, but I'm like Neither fine. Is it one of <laughs> what? But is it one of those things like if you don't constantly get it over a certain time, it starts you to just like rear and snag and droop. I don't know. Listeners, if you do the Botox, please let us know because I honestly do not know. I am hitting an age that is more than 35 in two weeks and a half. Um, and I've not had it, but I feel like I'm getting to the point where maybe I need to get it soon. So if anyone has any like free Botox, um, I won't be mad at you. Also, if you just want to give me money for my birthday, I am turning 37. I think that's really depressing. So I would love What's money your birthday? to go drink. January 20th. Mine is January 24. Look at us. Look at us. The Aquarians in the house. Woo! It's opera time where Hollywood Jade tells Venus this is the number about performance. Venus has to work on her face and not do much. Hollywood Jade tells her that she, he saw her have the desire to move and tells her to focus on internalizing the lyrics. And then we get to hear a bit of those lyrics, and they are very campy. Whoever wrote this had a very fun time doing this. Last but certainly not least is Denim, who has is slow on learning choreography dance training. She is taking a big risk as who would picture Denim doing gossipal. Yes, that is what she said. Gossipal. What is gossipal? <laughs> It's when you gossip and you pull. There we go. She is hoping it pays off. And from what we see, it is not going to pay off. The energy is lost. The struggle is real. Now, Nira will tell Denim, see Denim struggling, and tell us that maybe she saved Denim so they can kick themselves out. What a brat. That was really shady. Really shady. I thought they had an alliance. Yeah. And I thought she was your friend. That was really shady. Denim is tranifesting that she picks up this choreo. The spotlight is on her, and she has to bring it. Hollywood Jade says they need to be bringing it as it cannot be bad, as Brooklyn will not only be sitting there, but she will be judging them literally. Mm -hmm. Now, if you were told you have to do an entire rusical inspired by someone sitting 10 feet in front of you, would you feel the pressure? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's the day of the show, y'all, and we are not even going to see them enter the room. The queens are already beating their face. Also, the way that they're all wearing silk dressing robes, did they coordinate or did production give it to them? I feel like, you know, were they like all matching colors? I'm trying to go back to look at it. There, there are a couple different varieties. And I think, it, if I feel like it could have been like a production thing. It was like, hey, girls, you know, we all wanted to be in like a matching look. 
Are you someone who uses a silk dressing robe to prepare for the gig? Always. No, I normally use like one of those um, caftans. And uh-huh. I think the first person that told me about a caftan was Harmonica Sunbeam. Like, I remember I did a show with her like way back when I started. And I was like, what are you putting on? And she was like, girl, you put on a caftan so you don't get your clothes messy. And I was like, oh, my God. And that's from there. That's what I normally do now. The girls will talk about the mini challenge as their way to talk about sex, baby. Aurora felt herself let loose. And there is your Lucy LaDuca reference of the day. Aurora shares that in her everyday life, she is not very sexually active. She feels pressure as a drag performer as Aurora is hyper-feminine and hypersexual. as in real life, she is very reserved. She shares that she doesn't hook up in general. Same. But Kiki shares she is very sexually active. She and her husband have sex at least once a day. And I'm like, I can't relate. I can't, you know, you, <clears throat> so when Kiki and I were in the Cayman Islands, I think in 2022, her and her husband, they definitely had a lot of sexual activities. Um, and they weren't shy about it, too. And that's why, like, when she said that, I was like, I can't believe it because I've seen and I've, I've acknowledged it. And Not I, I was aware of it, but... I would love to just like chat with her and be like, all right, Kiki, do you have a schedule? Do you have like a time of day you do it every day? How do you not like overuse the thingamajig? Like, how does this work every day? That seems like a lot. But also you're talking to someone who doesn't do it ever. Mm-hmm. Well, you oh, know, I have to say, you know, with her and her partner, um, her husband to say, they do make time for each other and they do make time to ensure that their relationship is very healthy, sexually and physically and mentally and all of it. Twinks, I'm ready. We can do it every day if you want. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. Let's do it. All right. Well, she is going to claim that it strengthens their relationship as you have the comfort of skin-to-skin contact with the partner that you love and says it's magical. I mean, I wouldn't know, but it sounds magical to me. Venus is very sex positive. She says that there are two types of people in the world, sluts and not sluts. And I'm the latter, though. People think I'm a fucking whore, which is really funny because I am so unlovable. Isn't it crazy? You ask most people out there, they think I am fucking every fucking night. And I'm like, that is hilarious. Who? Who? Name names. You never know. I know. My bed knows. It gets very lonely at night. Anyway, she says she has tasted the rainbow and doesn't know how she can have just one sexual partner. And Melinda will say that the notion of monogamy is a construct as why restrict yourself to one partner when you can express yourself emotionally, mentally, and physically with other people. And meanwhile, I say, can I please just start with one? Um, it will happen. Just put yourself out there and explore the world. I am going to buy a billboard on every major highway in the world and get myself out there when I win the lottery. Or I'll just buy a twink. Can I buy a twink somewhere? Is that a thing? Well, I don't think Renboy exists anymore. Damn it. Anyway. Nira says that they have all seen her fiance. Why would she want to share them? I mean, T, she and I, we we seem like we, we would be the jealous types. Yeah. I think I would also be the jealous type. Um, I hope person i'm talking to is not watching this but oh. i <laughs> i would be the jealous type 
Denim says that she has found her person and, and is living her monogamous life. Now, Aurora is about to spill the tea as she will reveal to Denim that she used to have a crush on her two years back. She says it's a full circle moment. And I say, that's all you're going to tell us. You're not going to tell us why and how and when. Yeah. Rude. I feel like I didn't explore it much. It's wedding day as Brooklyn arrives as a blushing bride. That gown was stunning. Right. Taken. It was, it was, it, it was, oh, it fed her so well. It's the bridal party this week. We have Brad Goreski, Tracy Melcher, and the Countess Luann. Do we figure out why she's there? She's not even Canadian. That's what I thought. I thought like she was like from the Real Housewife of Canada, and I was like, is no. there even there? No. Let's start with the Rusical and then move to the runway. Are you ready? I am. From Drags to Riches, the unauthorized biography of Brooklyn Heights, the Rusical. The year is 1997, and baby Gaby Brock Hayo is different from the other boys. How? Well, because apparently Brooklyn was the inspiration for Megan. Like, what in the gay hell is Melinda wearing? Why does she look like Megan? Did she supply this look, or was it production? You know, I, when she came out like that, I was like, what? what? I, it made no sense. Zero sense. Zero, absolutely no sense. Like, it was Megan. It was a Megan costume, right? Uh, I wonder if Melinda brought it, and she was like, girl, I'm going to do this. I think it would be so camp. It didn't make any sense. Yeah. Not at all. <sighs> okay, and the makeup and the hair, this is what y'all, this is what my nightmares are made of. The yeah. bottom lash wispies? What the fuck? It was bad. Yeah, it was bad. She had so much conviction and ambition. Was she good? Sure, conviction. But the way that the boys lifted her up, that was a feat for them. Good for them. But what made this performance so iconic was because the song is called I Don't Know What I'll Be Famous For Yet. And this number was essentially the foreshadowing for Melinda in the real world. She has no idea in this moment what she will be famous for, but we know it's about to be Melinda Mother Madness. Absolutely. Have we had a character like Melinda on a franchise since like the early days of Drag Race? Hmm. I'm trying to think, but I feel like we have. I just can't think of someone like She her. feels like season four, season five Drag Race material. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know what it is? She's not someone that's relying on beauty or body. She's relying on pure personality. She's and relying I, on being reality till you be gold. Yeah. And you know, almost, I don't want to say I'll put her in a ca uh, category as Alyssa, but Alyssa has a lot of talent there. So, sure. but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if she was purposely supposed to fall out of the spin, but she does. And I don't know if she is supposed to be off in her choreography, but she was. But that conviction, girl, and that wig reveal was terrible. Yeah. What a time to be alive. But I must say, though, it, it was kind of messy, but I enjoyed it. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Then we move into the Aurora Matrix experience. This was Black Swan realness and the bitch sold it. That makeup was it. It was so good. I loved her performance and the fact that this hooker wins this episode by lip syncing singular sounds, but dances the fuck out of it. It's brilliant and so Brooklyn Heights. Yeah. You know what was interesting? I was like, I get that she had the choreography, but she didn't lip sync at all. But I guess she said, oh, yeah, and I was like, oh, oh, okay. Not strange. I, I will call something out. The hair poking out of the wig. Such a boner killer. It was. Very strong performance Aurora from Aurora. The best? That's debatable. Next up, it's time to bring us into the world of a dream and a strong case of delusion. It's Kiki Ko and her attempt to be la jazz hot poor girl poor girl she did not know the lyrics it was very wordy song and with such particular choreo she had a lot to do at once yeah but the hat mishap oh so unfortunate i'm gonna give her a little bit of credit though i'm gonna blame the dancer for not getting it right on her head Mm -hmm. because it needed to be sat into the head yeah, because I was wondering, I was like, how was that supposed to be on? Because I feel like that's something that's normally like pinned on. Correct. Yeah. Uh, I believe he was supposed to get it a little deeper into the head so it stayed, but I don't think he hit the timing. Maybe she was off a step. But regardless, it was not right, and it did cause a domino for her, which was very, very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Now, I, again, we already discussed her performance of prowess before, but she's really not a choreo girly, and it showed. Not at all. It's time to soar to new heights as Nira is wearing the infamous reveal look, so we knew it was all going to happen. Also, the fact that the song was a parody of Sorry Not Sorry, really, really smart writing. Mm-hmm. Technically, Nira nailed it. She Even did. though that sack on her body was too big, she did have a wall up. I didn't feel a connection when she was performing. And for me, storytelling is essential. And she just lacked it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think she did a good job. Because I think, you know, I did get the judges critiqued. But yeah, I just, I like the performance. And I think the, the rig reveal, I got it. I got what the reference was. Right. I think out of all of them, she had one of the clearest reference to Brooklyn on the show that people sure. could remember as a highlight. And I think that's what made it nice. And she had those dance moves down back. She did. All right, it's time to mourn the loss of the crown of Venus and the walk up the stage and turn in that dress was brilliant, very operatic. Uh, Lyrically, this was one of my favorite written pieces, very campy. Venus was really strong, but I'm sorry, the dancers wearing Evie's final lip sync masks, that stole the show. That was so shady. When I saw those came out, I was like, wow. Meanwhile, Evie's like, can I just come up and judge? Can I be famous too? Yeah. Finally, it's time for gospel. Let me go back. That dress that she had on the bottom, I don't know what was going on with that. It was horrible. It was horrible. Poor Denim. That look was not in her favor. Again, that sack was way too big. But I get it. It was supposed to be like church realness. I don't think Denim was out of her element. She just didn't have the lyrics and the choreo pairing together. It was, again, another one too much at once for her. And then when we get the full cast doing the gospel moment, it was all about everyone but Denim. But really, I couldn't focus on anything but Melinda and that fucking wig. 
Yeah. What a ham. <laughs> Queen of the North, bitches. Great finale number. Now, this wasn't a traditional rusical, but I think it worked for this specific cast as it allowed everyone to have their moment while still paying homage to Brooklyn in an accessible way. It was fun. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was. Um, and it was nice. It was nice to see a musical that's not that's based on like someone that's there and a drag race contestant that we all familiar with because normally right. if they're based on anyone's like a celebrity or it's like Paul so or Michelle but I enjoyed seeing it about Brooklyn category is always a bridesmaid in honor of the runway we will play catch the bouquet or still single are you ready yes let me get to these looks Melinda Verga, look by Will DeMason. The face, it is the best we've seen all season and is likely thanks to an extra blush. The look screams 80s Southern Wedding and it's tacky in all the right ways. I wish the color was a bit more muted and feminine. Like, give me like a pale pink or a blush or maroon. This was a bit too loud in color and it veered a little bit more into Kentucky Derby because of that. I know it's not tradition in a modern sense, but I got who this woman was and I hate her so much. Yeah. And you know, that's, I also agree. Like her makeup it is one of the best we've ever seen. And I get it. It's, it's a very eighties, I think bridesmaid type of look that we just hate them, but I enjoy that. Tracy says the youngest girl in the competition, oldest girl in the competition playing the youngest Brooklyn Heights is a risk and it paid off for her. Brooklyn says that she was giving her very Betty Davis and whatever happened to baby Jane. She says she loves all the color in her face with the blush as it warms her face up. She says it's very stupid 80s bridesmaid, which she loves, but says they are getting to the point in the competition where they need to see more as it's only getting tougher. Brad says that the characterization was there and the musical theater energy she definitely had. Part cheeseball, part showstopper. He says her look is very on the money. And Luann says she has so much good energy and could see why she wanted to open the show. She says she got her in. I will give this look a catch the bouquet. Yeah, I, I would. I, I enjoyed it. She caught it. Audience 67% catch the bouquet, 33% still single. Haters. Aurora Matrix, look by Eric Dalby, hair by Just Perla. I appreciate that she went for out of the box in a different direction. Was it my favorite? Not really. I think it gives you Corpse Bride, but not Bridesmaid. And for that, it needed to be a different color or silhouette to read more in Bridesmaid's terms. I love the idea of the endless wedding invites taking over the gown. The makeup is really evocative and showcases her ability to bring you variety in the makeup department. It's more than safe, but it's not the best. Yeah, I I get what she was going for, but I wasn't a fan. Brooklyn says thanks for her for the reminder. She was such a slut. She says ballet is very unforgiving, and it's not something you can learn in five seconds. <laughs> she says she did a great job with lifts, the upper body, as everything was very seamless. Tracy says that her choreography was on point. She says her look is to die for. Brad says she took on a risk that was definitely a risk, dipping into the ballet as it's challenging, especially when you're standing in front of a prima ballerina herself. Luann says the elegance is learned and says she really made her laugh as it was so much fun to watch. I will give this a soft catch the bouquet. Um, wait, who's look again? Aurora. Oh, I was like, yeah, um, she's still single for me. I'm sorry. 
Audience, 63% catch the bouquet, 37% still single. Kiki Ko, look by Calvin Aquino Barrios, hair by Drag Daddy Wigs. This is such a wild one for me. If you told me she already had this look sitting in her closet and pulled it out for this runway, I'd believe you. And to ensure that she didn't get called out, that she tried to do something wild with the storytelling, she gave us grandma face. And I don't know if it worked. I know she has a mother aura to her, and I don't think this was the category to try to show versatility. If she went straight up bridesmaid, it would have been a knockout. That being said, the gown is A+. Plus, the presentation is C-. Minus, and we got to talk about it. As Brooklyn says, she's ready to get fingered. She's ready to get ring-fingered. Oh my god, that was it, it was a little bit of a cringe at first, but uh, I started laughing. That was um, so fun simply because we got to see them like break out of their moment because we rarely get to ever see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like Kiki look. I, I feel like I was like, girl, this was probably in her closet. And I think because of the critique she's been getting to switch it up, she was like, you know what, let me try something different. But I don't, yeah, she should have played it safe and gave us gorgeous look because I think it would have paid off so much more. I agree. Tracy says she gave them a cabaret razzle-dazzle, some jazz hands, and fossy fingers. She says she had very little hiccups in the choreography with the hat and the dance moves. Brad says it was rickety as the wheels fell off the track a little bit and says that he appreciates that she kept on going. He loves the look and says it's so beautiful and is the perfect length. He loves the short glove and the long glove and the dappling of beating. He says even in grandma makeup, she is beautiful. Luann says she can totally relate to the hat falling off, but says it's nothing. She shares that she had somebody who vomited on her at one of her cabaret shows. What did she do? She wiped it off and said somebody get that lady a napkin and kept it moving. She says she brought it and she looks gorgeous and glamorous, saying half the time that's all that really matters. Unfortunately, in New York City drag, that's the truth. Uh, I will give this look a catch the bouquet. Yeah. I would. Audience 86% oh. catch the bouquet, 14% still single. Near enough. No designers listed. I don't know what universe she is a bridesmaid in, but it's not the one I want to be in. I think if we're parodying the wild bridesmaid outfits, sure, this works. It's puke pink. The parasol and hat combo is giving Southern Belle realness. That being said, I do not know what she was thinking with a dark rose gold necklace and earring set. They did not match. Also, if you're telling me you're doing air 80s, the hair is not right for the era compared to the rest of the look. I think there are some elements that are fun, but overall she's very confused as to what the focus and the story of this look is. Yeah, I feel like that was not a bridesmaid dress. That was like, oh, I'm going out to watch like golf or the race or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a, it was a still single, like major still single for me. Brad says she looks beautiful. He says she has a magnetic force feel around her that bounces off the walls when she is performing. Tracy says they match, so she's obsessed. She says she brought the vim and the vinegar as it was very dynamic and sexy and sensual. Her only note is that they got the same energy from last week's lip sync. Brooklyn says she saw herself as a performer most in her. She says they would love to see her do something else and says that in the future, she shouldn't be afraid to fight for the things she wants. She tells her it's a competition. Side note, when the judges are deliberating later on, they are going to show the identical 
side-by-side performance, they done her dirty. So whether they decided to give the same choreography that she had just done in the lip sync or Nira lifted the same choreography Brooklyn did in her lip sync, the show showed it. Yeah, which, you know, and that's kind of like, they're telling her she's doing the same thing, but I'm like, this challenge was a performance challenge after she just done performed. Now you guys praised her and mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, well, let's see more. Like, give us more. And I'm like, I don't know. It was a little confusing, but they did definitely do her dirty. Luann says the cartwheel is pretty fierce, and I say, yeah, sure, still single. <laughs> yeah, still single. Audience, 53% catch the bouquet, 47% still single. Venus, look by Diana DeNoble, hair by Steven Scalto de Cesar, nails by Claus by Sakura. I'm obsessed with this. She looks breathtaking. Uh, this is editorial. I know that the silks on the garment are very simple, but they are draped perfectly and evoke the flower concept. The collar and the matching leaf hair in blonde. This is what excites me in drag. To me, this is near perfection. My favorite runway of the night. Yeah, I I, I thought it was nice as well. I um, yeah, I couldn't wear something like that. I enjoyed it. Brad says that he loves this Dior Couture meets Valentino meets Victor and Rolf from Skino. Tracy says she is just blooming. The rosebud she gave her is just grown. She says she had a big role in the fact that she had very little choreography made her depend a lot on serving face and giving expression. Luann says the runway is off the hook, telling her that she's giving her Tinsley Mortimer vibes and very Palm Beachy. Brooklyn says she could see her work on controlling her face expression, saying she held back a little bit, but the right amount, but still very intense. She says she gave a really riveting performance. I will give this an absolute catch the bouquet. Yeah, I will give a catch the bouquet as well. But you know, I'm thinking about the dress again because I just I'm ha- I have it on my TV. The one problem with that dress, before I give her a catch, I'm gonna give her a catch a bouquet. But like that shoulder piece was like falling off. Mm-hmm. It was so hard for her to walk with, and it was a little bit dis- distracting for me. But audience, I don't know what you would do. Maybe we have different eyeballs, or maybe I need to go get my eyeballs checked or something. Audience, eighty six percent catch the bouquet, still single fourteen percent. I thought it should have been a hundred percent, but whatever, bitches, whatever. I don't care. I'm not mad at you, but I'm so mad at you. It's fine. Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Denim, look by Denim, Fawn, Darling, and Pathea, hair by Just Perla, nails by Perplex. I think this is really fun idea with the with the garters being the garment. I just wish in the world of bridesmaid, we had a traditional dress incorporating it into the lace gar- garters. I love the color story of pastels with a nude illusion. The makeup is very cute, very whimsical. It's a really strong idea with a great execution. For me, it's just not the best within the brief that we were given. You know, I could see the connection to like a wedding and it was really interesting because I've never seen like a dress done out of garter. So I think mm-hmm. she definitely took it out of the box. And I think what we've learned from her is that she's going to go outside of the box, which right. I'm not going to like, I did enjoy, but again, I did kind of wish it was dressy, but again, being out of the box, I, I, I enjoyed it because it wasn't not, it was like, literally it was not like anyone else on stage. Right. Brad says he loves her drag. However, her mind cooks things up when she gets the brief of what is required. He says she puts it through the denim blender and something wonderful comes out. 
Tracy says the fact that she took the garter, something that is kind of hidden and then thrown up like the bouquet, says these are all the garters she collected as she is always the bridesmaid. She says it's so clever. She says in the performance, there were times along the way she thought she wasn't feeling as confident in the moment. Brooklyn says she lost her in the end when everybody came out. She needed her to pop off as she got swallowed up. She saw some stumbles and the wheels turning, which has been a theme of her throughout the competition. This is excited. She is excited to keep seeing her build a confidence and realize she can do anything she wants. Luann says that there were some faux pas, but she loved the happy ending. She loves that they all came together in the end and Brooklyn will laugh as they too love happy endings. If you know what they mean. I will give this a catch the bouquet. Yeah, I would give it a catch a bouquet as well. I, I audience uh, agrees. Eighty-seven percent catch the bouquet, thirteen percent still single. Ooh. It's time for the queens to head back, as there are no safe queens. Oh, it's top or bottom, bitch. Kiki and Denim know they're in the bottom again. They're aware, self-aware. Kiki says she agrees with the judges again. Very good to be self-aware. I feel like if you are going to be on Drag Race and you are vehemently disagreeing with the judges, it's time to go look in the mirror. Or you could just be delusional and take it till you make it. She tells the girls that if she has to lip sync until the end, she will. She is not giving up. It's not her time. Denim is sad. She let it show that she wasn't fully confident on stage. She doesn't necessarily regret the choice that she made with the character. She didn't make a choice. She knows that there were roles she would have felt more comfortable with, but says she wanted to push herself out of her comfort zone. She didn't make a choice. <laughs> why are we? Why is she saying this shit? Or did, did we miss something? I think I feel like we did because I'm like, girl, no, you were just that was like the only thing left. Right. Kiki doesn't know based on the other four who will be the third bottom. So Nira will leave this discussion, say that based on the performance critiques, they all did such a good job. So they may turn to the runway and we know who she wants to call out here because Venus is going to do it for her. She's going to comment from the judges about Melinda's outfit and says it could come down to that. But Melinda. Oh, Melinda. She thought she was very close to the top as they were all blown away by her Broadway performance and tells us that Brooklyn did say she has been nailing the challenges, but it's the performance that has been carrying her runways. She heard it. She got it. I don't think she got it, though. I think if she gets red for another look, she's going to kill someone. Like, I think I can see the lady snapping, snapping, and snap Brooklyn's neck. See, Melinda is the queen that's living in delusion, and yeah. she's like, oh, I'm, I'm amazing. Venus will mention Nira and the comment of them wanting to see something else, but she said she did amazing. Nira will tell us that she doesn't regret not fighting for a different role. She says this is a competition and she did well with what she does well. Now, earlier we said you'd got to play it safe when there's only six left. Do you fault Nira for doing what she does well and sticking with this role? No. I don't think I fault her for it. I think... I guess where she could have delivered more is in the personality aspect of it. But like mm -hmm. again, the performance was we knew that she was gonna be amazing. I think that's what the judges faulted on as well. They're like they know she's a good performer, but probably just wanted to see more personality in her face. Absolutely. Aurora though will tell us that this close to the crown, now is the time to be taking risks and showing something new to make yourself stand out amongst the queens. Which obviously that is in the edit because that's what the show wants us to remind us. You can be great, but you need to be better than great. With the Golden Beaver gone, the judges have made their decision. The winner of the week is Aurora. Oh, and she wins an inclusive trip for two to Carousel, courtesy of the Carousel Tourist Board. 
Aurora, if you need a travel companion, let me know. Hit a bitch up. Mm-hmm. Venus, Nira, Melinda are safe. Leaving Denim and Kiki is the bottom two. Do you agree? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it makes sense. It works. The song is Seven Day Fool by Julie Black. Have you heard the song before? No, I don't think I have. Me either. It was a cool track. Mm-hmm. Very good for a strong lip sync. I think they both fared well. I think in many situations, Kiki would have won. If she had the but there was no way they were saving her with her track record. Yeah. Especially when Denim is the darling of the season. Yeah. Which I was like, I was, it was a little sad because I think, yeah, they both did well. Now, earlier we discussed the Golden Beaver and how we both think that it should have been played in this episode. Mm-hmm. I would like you to play hypothetical with me. Aurora wins the week. The bottom three, Denim, Kiki, Melinda. Who gets the Golden Beaver? Um, I think Aurora would have went on the Alliance and saved mm-hmm. uh, Say what's her face? Say denim. Denim. Yeah. Who would have won the lip sync, Kiki or Melinda? I think Melinda would have, only because of her personality, and I think she would have given a little bit more dance. Is how, how did the producers deny us this beautiful moment? Yeah. The bitches saved each other. Now they have to fight each other. That's yeah. called television gold. Yeah. Rude. Mm-hmm. In the end, Kiki is gone. Denim is safe to slay another day. Do you agree? Um, obviously no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wanted. I, I would have liked to see Kiki stayed. Um, but I do understand her track record. It wasn't the best, especially it being back to back. So I get it. Um, but again, I'm more of a fan of Kiki than I am of Denim. All right. Well, I got some burning questions to wrap this podcast. Are you ready? Yay. What is Kiki's legacy? Hmm. She is an amazing designer. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really interesting because I think I had a lot more high hopes for her, but I think this was a very interesting play of the cards. I think if she was on the season that Isis did and it was three design challenges oh, we would be saying mother to the end of the t- days. But she she was forced into a lot of acting challenges where I don't think that was her strong suit. And because of how the Golden Beaver played out, it made her feel weaker than she actually was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they probably didn't bring this up. But again, this is my hypothesis. Um, but I think the language barrier, too, played sure. a role some of those acting challenges because you could clearly see it even in a teleprompter one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I I would have I saw would have been a struggle for both her and Aim. Absolutely. As well. Who won the week? Who had the best episode? Hmm? Who had the best episode? Who was like, the star of the episode? This episode um, yeah. doesn't necessarily have to be the winner of the of the challenge. <laughs> I'm. I'm laughing because I'm going to say it was Melinda because she's yeah. just living with her delusional self. She is. I mean, I'll give like a little little nod to Brooklyn because obviously she won the episode simply by having an entire fucking ruse goal being about her. 
Yeah. Meanwhile, Nikki Doll is like, mine next. Make me musical now. It would be so interesting if um, on Frost next year we see a musical about Nikki. You know she's making phone calls. She knows she's going to make it happen. Also, thank you, Nikki Doll, for sharing my reel. Um, thanks to her, my friend, with 1 million plus followers, 17.3 thousand people viewed my reel. So that was fun to watch in real time. Wow. Yeah, you're a cute. star now. I'm a star. All right, it's time for a loved one makeover. Oh my God, who will be gushing not for seeing their love, but because their time is over? And why is it undoubtedly Melinda Virgo who is leaving us? Yeah, I'm like we know. Like again, I've not seen any spoilers for next week or anything, but you could tell it's Melinda because Listen, <laughs> Drag Race UK five. They gave us a design challenge. There was no way in hell Kate Butch was surviving. We're having another final five design uh, ma- makeover challenge. There is no way in hell Melinda's surviving this either. Like Absolutely. we, there's it's, it, if she survives, something screwy has to happen. Mm-hmm. Every girl is going to find out it's a makeover challenge and be like, "Oh my god, top four. Yeah, like literally, I can only imagine. You, this is why I can't wait till see next episode because i'm pretty sure the minute they're like it's a makeover child everybody's gonna be like yep we know who's got home yeah all right after seven episodes the winner of the season is you want me to be honest yeah to be honest i actually don't care which one of them win interesting but because obviously you know i am team kiki um but i would say aurora because out of the other queens with the exception of denim like i think aurora's personality she she seems a little more humble yeah um and i just i'm not like venus i there's some challenges and i feel like she got a good edit not a good edit but there's some things i felt like that has been edited down She's definitely been a little bit of a feisty one in, in the same way that Nira is coming off mean. Venus is coming off cunt. Um, it's very much the name. I think you're right when it comes to Aurora. She's very, very likable. Yeah. Has she been the star of the season? Not necessarily. If you're looking at track record, I think Venus on points has a better track record than Aurora. But Aurora has two wins in the bottom. Venus has a win, no bottom. So it's really going to, I think, come down to probably who fares well the next challenge and then the finale. Because, um, again, if we are predicting that Melinda goes, you have Venus, Aurora, Denim, and Nira. I don't think Denim, Denim needed another four or five episodes to win. She needed more of a growth. She was not there yet. Unless I don't think is going to win right now because they're like, no, we're going to save you for an all-star season. So it comes down to an Aurora or Venus. And right now it's really hard to say. And I personally will go Aurora because I do like her a little bit more as a person, but either way, it's going to be, it's, it's not feeling like it's a dominating winner. Like we've seen a lot this year. And you know, Denim could also surprise us. Like, absolutely. I I don't know who wins next week. So maybe Denim wins next week, and then she wins the week after, and then things start definitely going up. But I could definitely tell Nira is being sent home. Um, Melinda is being sent home. Um, so I guess the top three is Denim, Aurora, and Venus. And 
Aurora is the most likable for me as well. We will find out. All right. Where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? Um, you can currently find me on Pornhub. I'm kidding. No, you can find me at Detox Bustier across mostly all social medias. The ones that I actually use, which is just Instagram and Facebook. And right now, I am not doing any projects that I can talk about. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. I always love those. Because then yeah, you'll come so. back in like a month and be like, okay, fine. Yeah. But just know Detox Motherfucker Bustier is still here and I am doing the do. Thank you so much for being here. I'm sure we'll talk about more shit this year. Yay! <laughs>